You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 22 of Podcast PXN. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined by the pride of PlayStation, Sean Babiak. Sean, we got a ton of new looks at games this week that I'm very excited for. Surprisingly, a decently busy news week in games. It really is. After yeah. last week really wasn't much in news. I'm uh, hoping that's going to continue the trend for the rest of the year yeah. so we don't have to scramble for things. I agree. Uh, thank you to everyone watching live in the chat and participating as well. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. All you have to do is search podcast PXN and you'll find us on there. Uh, remember, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. The first item we have on the PXN News of the Week, both Doom and Resident Evil 3 both got new trailers this week, and both of them look very freaking good. And we also learned just a few minutes ago that the Resident Evil 3 <laughs> yeah. trailer isn't a European trailer. <laughs> yeah, it's a European release date. Three, four. Sean's like, wait... That got pushed up to March, March 4th. I was like, really? Because I was ta- I saw a bunch of people complaining it's coming the week before Cyberpunk. And then we looked and it was like, yeah, the EU version yep. of the date. I was super excited for March shit now. I'm not excited. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a ridiculous April, to yeah. say the least. Uh, starting with the new Doom trailer, that thing looks incredible. Uh, it just looks like more Doom 2016, obviously, uh, with all those crazy kills and giant bosses and the limbs that you can shoot off. All of that looks awesome as well. Uh, I know you spotted some new things that we uh, really didn't see in the last game, which was kind of like some cybernetic type things. Yeah, uh, it almost looks like you have a new type of enemy, such as like when you first popped in Halo 4 yeah. and played uh, Prometheans. Prometheans. Yeah, um, and I don't even remember Halo 4 trailer showing them off because mm-hmm. um, I just remember being surprised. Now, obviously, I well, played it later yeah. on. It, they did show it at E3. They did, okay. Year. Yeah. But yeah, it looked a little different. Actually, that was the voiceover. I believe that character, it almost looked like a, like an Egyptian goddess type thing, uh, robot-wise, with demonic lettering on her uh, hilt. Yeah. Um, and it looked like she was giving the narration of the whole thing. Um, you saw a demonic Doom guy or Doom Slayer yeah. that you were fighting like in an arena. That guy looked badass. Yeah. Um, that wasn't a cuss word. <laughs> that's in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you also uh, saw a lot more verticality when it came to actually you playing as Doom Guy. Yep. Um, the fact that like he was kind of zipping around. I've, it's probably a perk or something like that. Like They always do that stuff. They had perks in the last uh, Doom game. Um, so that's really cool to see, though, that you're not just looking for forward and backward. You're looking almost up and down, too, with everything. Um, and then the sword. Uh, you yeah. like There was a very graphic scene where he gets his sword basically slices a demon like three or four times you just see everything of course because it's doom yeah um so that's be very interesting in that type of game because it is a more melee shooting type of game yeah so that kind of makes perfect sense Mm -hmm. he also has a switchblade that comes out of his left arm now assassin's creed exactly he's gonna sneak up on (laughs) so that's a cool thing to do when it comes uh what was it when the enemies get highlighted and you kind of mm-hmm. go in yeah that's still the mechanic i assume it is i assume so yeah Everyone so loved that. it actually honestly got me a lot more pumped for the game yeah like a lot more pumped now granted i my march game is gone we'll talk about that later but yeah. uh i'm pretty sure this is a game i'm gonna be hunkering down now in march because it's just looking more and more sick yep. i don't care about the multiplayer really don't i don't even know if there's going to be any there is it's a weird mix like uh the original doom actually certain affinity uh which is the head of certain affinity was the multiplayer uh architect essentially of halo 2 yeah and uh their team made the multiplayer for doom 2016 this multiplayer is being made in-house by id software uh, but the weird thing is is it's not the traditional doom multiplayer like doom 2016 had it's a like 2v2 mode where or 2v1 mode or 3v1 mode something like that uh, where so one it's person, not 4v1, we know yeah, that doesn't work out well. <laughs> one person plays the demon, and then you have your slayers or whatever, and it's kind of, I'm a little bit 
concerned about what that multiplayer is going to look like, uh, but obviously you and I aren't necessarily concerned about that because we're just... And a lot of the criticism from 2016's version of Doom was on the multiplayer side. They didn't really invest into it, and I don't think they had to. Yeah. Um, I also forgot, too, the pre-order bonuses for Neo 2 were announced. That comes out in March, so I got a second that. Doom's down my second. That's what I mean. Neo 2 is definitely going to be a banger to me. Jeez. Uh, and also the other new trailer we got was Resident Evil 3, which that freaking trailer, obviously it's being used, uh, in the, uh, Resident Evil 2 remake engine, which looks amazing. Uh, I've, I've never played the original Resident Evil 3, but I, I can definitely imagine that this looks way better than the original ever could possibly have looked and also uh, a nemesis i guess has some different weaponry as what you were saying yeah so in the original game on playstation one uh nemesis carried a rocket launcher equally terrifying uh not just him being of a stature but now it looks like he's gonna have a flamethrower yeah i was talking with this kid steven at my work about it and just like we were talking about how it's almost gonna feel a little bit more terrifying um you saw a scene where jill was running down a burning hallway and that's he's still chasing after a flamethrowing um and burning everything so i mean you can only imagine going down corridors and you're trying to escape and he's just burning the entire thing and it's getting harder and harder for you to escape yeah so i mean it's also i honestly totally forgot I was, like, talking to him. I was like, yeah, I thought it was Jill and uh, Chris again. I forgot it's Jill and Carlos. They introduced this new guy, Carlos. You actually never see Carlos again in the series, if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah, so not like, in the game. Yeah, so yeah. it's just funny that I totally forgot about that, mm-hmm. um, that who your playable character is. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, the pre-order bonuses went live today for that, too, as far as, like, you get the original PS1 outfit yep. for uh, Jill Valentine. I think somebody else, too, but... Yeah, I mean, that, that game's going to be awesome. You're talking about the worry of now realizing that's going to be a week before Cyberpunk. Yep, exactly. Um, and remember, you also get Resident Evil Resistance with correct. that as well. Which, yes. it looks interesting, at least, and it's something added. Yeah, yeah, it's obviously... in a. I don't think it's going to be something that's multiplayer-wise tacked on. I think it is going to be something they've given time to. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are going to be wary about a multiplayer Resident Evil, given history. Yeah, Operation um, Raccoon City. Yes. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, obviously, Cyberpunk doesn't have multiplayer. Um, and something else no longer comes out that might deter it even though i don't think it was a deterrent anyways and we'll talk about that here in a little bit again yep um but still it's that's a really good beginning of april for a crazy month of april yeah and i mean it's safe to say that both doom and resident evil 3 are both going to be rated e for everyone i was thinking ka i don't (laughs) even know if they do kids and adults kids only (laughs) oh oh, gotcha yeah definitely going to be m rated games for sure but Moving on, uh, we have some news on the final Smash Brothers Ultimate character uh, being revealed apparently tomorrow morning. I think it's going to be very early tomorrow morning they're supposed to announce it. Uh, A lot of people on the internet right now are thinking it's going to be, this is all conjecture, uh, thinking it's going to be Dante from DMC. Uh, the reason was is uh, one of the creative leads at Capcom had tweeted something out uh, with the date, um, and it lined up with what Nintendo's announcing. So that's what people were kind of piecing together. So Dante, I, that'd be kind of cool. I, I don't feel like there's any other characters in Smash right now that are similar to Bayonetta Dante. would be the closest, yeah, but obviously fair. she's more hand-to-hand slash witch and guns, and yep. Dante has his trusty rebellion sword with a man guns. Yep. Um, I... I don't know about this one. I, if I remember correctly, Dante was in PlayStation All-Stars. Um, I, I'll have to double check on that. But yeah. um, I, I'm not I'm not saying it can't work because obviously they got Bayonetta to work um, because of her being obviously a mature rated character. Yeah, you're correct. Um, he was in that? Yeah. Okay. It, but it was the um, DMC version yes, of Dante. It the was Ninja not, Theory version. It was not the Capcom version. Correct. Um so I, I'd just be curious how he plays. I honestly don't think it's worth us even predicting because as Nintendo has shown throughout this whole DLC period, whatever you think they're going to choose, they're going to go in a different direction for you. Wow. What, Shirtless Dante? Shirtless Dante. I got results of Shirtless Dante. I just wanted hey, it just to know pulls if he was in PlayStation all It just pulls off your history. It definitely doesn't. <laughs> it definitely doesn't. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I thought that was uh, pretty interesting that that's kind of the rumor for it. Again, I don't, I don't think it's going to be Dante, but I don't think it's anybody that I could 
accurately predict. Yeah. Um, there's also news of a uh, Bioshock collection coming to Switch as well. Yeah. Um, so um, I'm assuming tomorrow's a direct. I didn't look up into it. I'm assuming it's just a direct. I don't yeah. think it's a Smash direct. Yeah, I don't think so. I um, think it is just a direct. Yeah. So there's uh, obviously some leaks and rumors about a Bioshock collection coming to the Switch, which I think that'd be really cool. Um, it's not something I'm going to buy. Right. I already have those games on my PS3, and then I have them again on my PS4. I wanted that collection again. Um, so, I mean, that's cool for the people that have not experienced them. Um, they are, uh, as far as from the originals, the ports itself into that collection were very good. I'm assuming whoever's doing it's going to do a great job with it as well. Um, the thing I'm most excited about is if they announce this character tomorrow... Um, are they going to announce also the Fighter Pass 2? Like, what's their timeline for that? Because I thought they did very well with this last timeline with it, too. Yep, it, it is a uh, a Nintendo Direct that's it is. happening tomorrow. So we're probably going to get some Animal Crossing information, because that's coming out soon. I'm hoping something else, because honestly, right now, that's all we know first party wise coming out for nintendo this year they did say that it's a 35 minute long live stream featuring an in-depth look at the upcoming dlc fighters i don't know if they mean the whole 35 minutes is going to be the dlc fighter i wouldn't think so i wouldn't think so either normally the directs are only like 20 25 minutes so that that gives me hope that there's going to be some more things in there um they don't i don't think they need to announce if zelda's coming out this year um i i'm good with them waiting uh, the only thing is, I just want them to announce something else in their real house. Yeah. Uh, please, Metroid Prime Collection. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how it's something that people keep asking for. We have yet to hear anything of. Everyone is begging for Metroid Prime Collection because Metroid Prime Four, everyone knows, is at least going to be twenty twenty two and a half, probably. two years. Yeah. yeah. Since they rebooted it last year. Yep. So yeah, we'll see what happens with everything. Yep. Uh, moving on, we have a couple game delays that were announced today. Uh, I don't know if both of them were today. I think they, uh, they were, were both, both yesterday. Today. Yesterday. Both yesterday, yeah. Uh, so these are kind of some big, uh, pushbacks, um, as far as the, the titles, not necessarily both of them being long pushbacks, yeah. but Final Fantasy VII was, uh, delayed about a month to April 10th. Uh, obviously we were talking about this before, we, neither of us think this is very concerning mm-hmm. because, I mean, it's a month. I mean, they just need a little more it's, time. Yeah, I'm just thinking more or less polish. I don't think anything game-breaking is happening or anything to be alarmed about. Yep. I mean, you've waited this long for it at this point oh, after yeah. being revealed in 2014. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Everyone's still curious what's going to turn out. Yeah. Um, actually, I was listening to Sam Claiborne on GameScoop last week and him talking about how he's kind of a little nervous because i remember this too that's this is always my point is that as people love to remember midgar from uh final fantasy 7 as far as yeah. the city part the floating city it's really not a long section right. you're only there for about four hours you fight a couple enemies you escape from things you go to a church you cross dress that's about it and this game is supposed to be all midgar right so, supposedly if yeah. i remember right that was the leak yeah and now granted they're gonna take some liberties with this whole thing especially creating a completely new way to play this game yeah um but i i just i don't know how it's gonna be focused on this four hour part of the game for a what you assume is probably gonna be 40 to 50 hours yeah true so we'll see but again i'm not concerned at all about this though no agreed but Uh, this next one maybe yeah the next one uh marvel's avengers project so uh crystal dynamics avengers game uh has been pushed back to september 4th which if i remember right this was supposed to be like april or march i thought it was late april or like may 20th yeah something like that but push it's getting pushed back several months like Five, at least five months and uh that's i think that's very concerning i know that there was a preview that a lot of outlets did uh not that long ago that people were high on it may 15th when, may 15th okay so push back four months uh people were high on the gameplay when it got previews uh not that long ago but the thing is is with previews you don't see the entire game you're seeing a a chunk of gameplay that the developer wants you to see so obviously they're going to show the best possible stuff they can show you uh to the press because they're trying to get their game in the hands of as many people as possible and get people pre-ordering it and such yep conversations Uh, all that stuff exactly so i do agree with you i think this is a little concerning uh it's not 
necessarily the nail in the coffin or anything like that, but it's something to keep your eye on and see, you know, how this unfolds over the next few months and see if they show us more. Because really, we haven't really seen a whole lot from the game. No, I mean, you saw, obviously, where you could play the four characters yep. um, going along. And then when they announced Miss Marvel, you saw her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was pretty much it. Um, the There's two things that really are concerning for me for this. It's are they still trying to look for their identity? Because that's always kind of been a confusing platform that they've been trying to sell on customer base. Right. Um, and the second thing is, I believe for this size of game and for the essential post-launch details that they've announced, I think this is a little too close to getting the next gen. Yeah. We presume, I think correctly, that next gen is in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, Xbox already we know, but PlayStation hasn't definitively said holiday, but we assume. We know, yeah. Um, but I think that's a little too close to the new consoles. Now, we know that the game's going to work on these newer consoles. Right. Backwards compatibility. I just, I, I, I think we, we keep talking and kind of going in circles when it comes to mixed messaging from both a little bit of PlayStation, a little bit of Xbox. I think this is coming from, like, the gaming developer, too. Like, mm. hey, get this new game. You'll be able to play it on your new consoles. But it's an old yeah. game. Yeah. And the other thing is, is, like, who opens their Xbox Series X or PlayStation 5 and says, oh, let's go play Avengers that came out two months ago. Yeah, that's that's obviously uh, going to be the thing. You're yeah. going to want to play Halo Infinite. I'm going right. to play, I don't know, Horizon Godfall, 1 Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to want to play whatever Sony exclusive. I mean, right. hell, if it's a Resogun 2, I'm there. Right. Um, but, yeah. I that's just, actually a good point. Yeah. We haven't heard anything from House Marquee in a long time. Um, no, the only thing that we know is that they're working on something that's not an arcade shooter. Did Are they owned by Sony? I'm, nope. So I'm, just essentially have a second party I'm contract for it. Are, are they continuing that into the next generation? I don't know. I mean, the last game was uh, uh, Damon Machina, Damon X Machina, if I remember right. Gotcha. Um, but I mean, we know the only confirmed game that we have is whatever the Gollum game is, mm-hmm. and then also Godfall, Godfall for PS5. Yeah. Um, Xbox is at three confirmed with uh, Gollum, Infinite. Halo Infinite, and then. Um, uh, Hellblade, not a launch game. It's specifically no, said no, no, by no. Phil, definitely not. But yeah, and sort of Forza, but not really. I mean, it's heavily rumored, and obviously they showed that two seconds of uh, Forza in that teaser trailer for Series X. Their but... last game was a game called Storm Divers, which I don't remember. Storm Divers, yeah, I don't huh. remember that. When did it come out? Like, uh, in 2019. Wow. Okay. I had no idea that that came out. So. Yeah, well, no, it didn't come out. It actually didn't. Oh. Yeah. Next Machina, not Damon X Machina. That's a different, that's a Switch game. Gotcha. Uh, and Matterfall came out. Gotcha. Uh, the last time they had a game on them was a port of uh, Angry Birds Trilogy uh, that they <laughs> had on the Xbox and stuff. Yeah. Um, they've yeah. had Xbox partnerships before. Right. Um, but yeah, primarily the last two generations has been PlayStation. Yeah. So, interesting right. to see. Yeah, uh, moving on, we've got a new story about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order again. Uh, This one is very interesting because uh, apparently Lucasfilm, uh, who's like the whole, you know, uh, overseer of the Star Wars universe, essentially. Marvel uh, Marvel Studios of Star Wars. Yes, exactly. To put in context for today's generation. Uh, Lucasfilm initially wanted Respawn to make a first-person shooter instead of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which is a third-person action-adventure game. And uh, apparently they initially had told them that they specifically need to avoid Jedi and lightsabers. So, like... Literally the complete opposite of the game they made yeah. is what Lucasfilm wanted them to make initially, which is crazy. That's just, that blows my mind because you already have so many of those Star Wars games like Battlefront. Uh, I mean, in the history of Star Wars games, there's always been some kind of shooter that has been attached already. Like, expand your horizons, Lucasfilm. Yeah, I mean, Jedi Knight had, had for, as first person, had lightsabers and had right. uh, blasters and everything like that. 
one, I'm glad that whoever it was changed their mind, or maybe it was... Um, it sounds like uh, Stig was the one who was yeah. pushing heavily for them to, like, we yes. need this. We yeah. need this to happen. I mean, obviously, it worked out very well in Respawn's favor and Star Wars' favor yep. with it being a critically re- uh, received game for everything. Yep. Um, I just can't believe they would think, given how the EA license has gone with Star Wars, that they thought it was a smart move to continue going in the realm of non-lightsabers yeah like same thing like so um you've heard that ryan johnson ryan johnson who is the much maligned director of jedi uh or the last jedi yeah uh, has given his own like star wars trilogy and they wanted away from the skywalker series um and they don't want it to include jedi and all this stuff i don't know if that's like what people want though i thought right. i i'm good with getting away from like the skywalker saga as they call it now but like People love the Jedi's. Like kids love pretending they're a Jedi with this laser sword or whatever, mm-hmm. and the fight between good and evil. Like they just love that. I mean, it's it's something tangible too that you can, especially toys. Yeah. That's where Star Wars makes its money is toys. Like, why would you try to go away from that? And that's the root of Star Wars, like yeah. the Jedi versus the Sith. Exactly. That's literally what Je- the, that's literally what Star Wars is. Yeah. So. so I thought that's an odd choice that they wanted them to do. Yeah. I'm just glad they did not listen. They came out with a very excellent game. Um, they did their own thing while copying or taking away from other games too. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we, <laughs> you and I disagree on some of the stuff with it, but yeah. overall they did a very good job. Um, I, I just, I, I personally think they have a series on their hand that we'll see in next gen. Oh yeah. Uh, from respawn. As so. long as EA doesn't lose the license before yeah, then. That's true. But I, I don't know if I, I have a feeling when it comes out license, uh, since Star Wars is owned by Disney, and it was owned after the fact of the EA deal, or I think, or maybe during the fact, because Disney Infinity was still going on, yeah. um, that they'll do exactly what they're doing with Marvel. That they'll give certain developers the game as long as they're selling what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Just like Marvel's Avengers, Crystal Dynamics, um, Insomniac has Spider-Man, right. all these different parts going on. And even like Marvel Ultimate Alliance on Switch. Yeah, exactly. So I was trying to think of that developer, but I, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't think of them either. Uh, so moving on from that, uh, we've got our next news story, which do you want to do? Isn't that one first, and then end with those two? Ragnarok. Yeah. Ragnarok next. Okay. All right. So (laughs) the next one we have is uh, Assassin's Creed Ragnarok uh, has some new leaks, which I know you love leaks. So this is our only leak this week, essentially. Well, I did bring up Bioshock. You did, yes. So uh, (laughs) I'll get confirmation by that hopefully tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, There's a new leak uh, suggesting that Assassin's Creed Ragnarok, which is the code name for the Vikings uh, Assassin's Creed game, is cross-gen, which isn't a surprise. That's coming next fall, supposedly. Uh, co-op and contains the biggest open world yet so essentially this sounds very similar to the same situation that we were in when assassin's creed unity came out because they said some of the same things the biggest world we've ever created co-op being added drop and drop out co-op uh and cross-gen cross-gen is the only thing that doesn't apply to obviously but uh this is very exciting for me because the one thing I really liked about Unity was doing the missions where you play co-op because, like, you had different ways that you could approach the different situations that they set up, and those those things were, like, super cool. The, the, the downfall to Unity was all of the glitches and all of the problems with the game kind of clouded that great co-op implementation. That was the internet glitches, too. I had no, yeah. I had no issues. Right. Um, yeah. It was always the... Obviously, the talk can be a lot louder than the actual problem for it. Which you were on PS4. I was on Xbox One. There was tons of freaking problems. Uh, oh, there problems. was. Okay, yes. yeah. See, I didn't have anything. Yeah, there was There was a lot of frame tearing and a lot of uh, um, frame rate issues. So there was, there was a lot of technical problems with Unity. And the online stuff, I feel like, was um, shrouded in all of that all of the problems that Unity had, it was just clouded in that. And I, I feel like that's such a disappointing thing because they never went back to co-op. Like, it's been literally, what, six years since Assassin's Creed Unity came out, 2014? And we haven't had co-op in Assassin's Creed since then. That's Dude, crazy. The worst part is, is we haven't had multiplayer since Black Flag. Yeah. And I love the That was fun. Yes. Um, my friend Chris and I, like, he actually kept buying them every year. 
after uh, Brotherhood came out just to play the multiplayer because and he never played the stories. But, like, the multiplayer was so much fun. I, I don't understand why they went away from it. I mean, maybe they didn't see the audience that they were hoping, but, gosh, was that fun. And it was so original. It was, that was, yeah. That was what was cool about it. It wasn't the same thing yeah. that you've always experienced. Like, it was something new, and that was Like, my cool. favorite thing was, like, going into a group of three other things three other people yeah. uh disguising yourself as them they attack somebody else and then you just stab them right when they're doing their move and i guess the problem is is assassin's creed uh single player wise isn't the same type of game anymore no, so they it's very true so they don't use any of those same things yeah. like blending in a crowd and disguise and all that yeah. so i don't know it'll be i mean this is first off the best the worst kept secret in the business we yeah. know during the nba playoffs we're going to find out everything about this yeah uh, like we always do right. um i think that is a little jarring to me just because given the audacity and the scope of uh odyssey is saying it's the biggest open world again yeah. okay maybe if they increase it by a foot i'm God. not scared but yeah. like odyssey is so big yeah telling me that and I I loved both Origins and Odyssey. I know you did too. Yeah. But this is next gen time. I don't want to just focus all on one game. I know you're actually kind of the opposite because you just want to focus on Halo Infinite. But like to have an amazing game plus another probable amazing game for you mm. is going to be like, oh shit, what do I play tonight? <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, so I it's mean, going to be a little much for you. Especially since Odyssey, you have to spend like literally hundreds of hours to see all of Odyssey. Like, it's insane yep. the amount. I'd love to see someone who's 100%ed Odyssey and see how, how many hours they have because it's just gigantic. Oh, it is, yeah. I hope, obviously, I would love the whole Icelandic view mm. of it or Nordic um, just to see what happens, especially since they started creating, like, mythical monsters in this whole thing with the Minotaur and the last one yeah. um, and Medusa, if I remember right. So I, I think I think it's going to be a really cool game. Yeah. I just eventually still do want to go to China and not in the 2D sense either. Right, yeah. <laughs> they did have that t- yes. uh, side-scroller, but... Uh, Moving on, a news story that I don't think was necessarily surprising to me, uh, but there's a reason why I don't think it's surprising. So the news story is uh, Xbox won't have next-gen exclusives for a year after launch. So traditionally, brand-new consoles, you have uh, games that are exclusive to the next-gen consoles that are first-party games, such as... Dead Rising 3 was an exclusive for Xbox One. Uh, Dead Rising uh, 3, Rise, Rise Forza uh, 6, five, 5, 5. And then they had something else, too. They had 4. Because I remember it was a competition between them and Sony, and they had one more than Sony. I'm trying to think what else they had. I don't remember. But anyways, normally you have that kind of experience to draw people to your platform, and I presume that Sony will still do that with PlayStation 5, that they will continue on that trend of having exclusives for PS5 at launch. Uh, So the reason why this wasn't surprising to me is Microsoft's strategy ever since Phil Spencer has taken over has been about Xbox as a service and not as a console. The thing we always think about when we say Xbox now is like Xbox One or Xbox 360 or Xbox Original. How many times have you turned on your Xbox? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Xbox on. Uh, So like we're we're thinking of it as a, a console. Microsoft doesn't think about it like that. Microsoft thinks about it as a platform now because it's on Windows. It's on Xbox One. You have Xbox Series X coming. So their thing is is they don't care where you buy the game they just want you to buy the games that they're putting out and game pass is kind of that tool for them to push out their games so they want to push game pass because it's a games as a service type deal so you pay 10 bucks a month and you're continuously giving them that money rather than spreading out spreading it out throughout the year so Obviously, if you get a Series X, if you're a console gamer, you get Series X and you're going to have a better experience on there than you would on an Xbox One or even on an Xbox One X. But if you want to play it on PC, cool. If you want to play it on whatever, that's and that's the other thing. I was listening to Unlocked this week and Dustin Legary said on there, which Dustin sometimes gets on my nerves because he he gets a little, you know, goofy, but anyways uh he's he, very hateful of playstation that's the only that's the only thing that gets me sometimes he, he just gets he's really doofy doofy sometimes but anyways uh he made the comment well 
I may not even buy the uh, Xbox Series X at launch because I have such a high-powered PC that all their games are coming to PC. And that's the thing. Like, Microsoft doesn't care if you buy it on PC. Like, that's their whole initiative. They don't care where you play the games. And xCloud is another uh, implementation of that. They just want you to play the games because at the end of the day, the games make the most money. And nine times out of ten, the consoles, they actually make a loss on, at least initially. Yeah, in the first so, year, it's always, except for Nintendo, yeah. are the only ones that ever either break even or make so, a profit in the first year. So the last thing I'll say about this, you can say what you want to say as well. The last thing I'll say is, is it's going to be very interesting to see if, necessarily Microsoft's strategy is more successful than Sony's strategy, which is more of a traditional style of releasing a new console. Uh, I think it's, I think too often we try to compare the two and say like, what is this versus this? Whereas both strategies could be good strategies for each company and not necessarily have a negative impact on the gamer because we're still getting the games that we want to play. So like, at the end of the day, I don't care as long as we're getting the games that we want to play. That's personally my opinion. So now, when I'm reading all this next-gen exclusives, that means something that is exclusive to the next-generation console that's not going to work on your Xbox One. Correct. Cool. Then so. I, I have any issues with it. I'm Honestly, I think it's weird anyways if you're going to buy an Xbox Series X. Right. and uh, Or I guess maybe not that because you wouldn't do it. But like I just think it's weird that you would that people would think that because you're buying whatever xbox series blah 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 right. game um and you were like well i'm just gonna play it on my xbox one i don't want to get a series like i don't know i think that's almost like one of your cake and eating it too type thing because you shouldn't be able to do that when it comes to these these new generations maybe that is the old school in me like I'm so used to not having backwards compatibility, especially as a Nintendo uh, fanboy, because yeah. well, your cartridges could fit. But I just think it's very uh, presumptive to think that I can play that game inside that older console. And why would you either? I mean, you want to experience the newest best thing on the newest and best thing. So, so, so what they're, I think you might be confusing it, but what they're saying is, is you, the games that come out at launch on Series X will also be available. No, that's on what Xbox. I assume. But oh, I mean, okay. I'm talking a year after the fact. Oh, I got you. Yes. I got you. I got yeah, because okay. I understand in that first year that is a good way to kind of keep people in your market. Because honestly, you might be preventing. IGN had this really good article uh, this week about um, are you going to make a switch this generation? Um, and that would actually prevent people from making a switch right. from this from Xbox to PlayStation just based on that fact alone. Yeah. If uh, Sony doesn't offer that, so. But after that year, I don't think you should have that assumption anymore that you can still play that. I right. think that's at that point you have to realize that you have to invest in these new hardware. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and kind of moving on to Sony as well, a little bit of E3 news uh, coming out for them. They are skipping E3 for the second year in a row. So, I guess... Very interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. Uh, They are very much changing their approach to, uh, I guess, marketing themselves. Uh, Obviously, it's it's interesting in that respect because Sony's going with a traditional uh, decision for, you know, uh, creating a console launch and having exclusive games at launch. Microsoft's not doing that. But then Microsoft is very much staying traditional by staying at E3 and having their press conference, whereas Sony is not. So it's like they both are doing very different things, and one's doing one thing traditionally, one thing's doing the other traditionally. It's very very weird. And I don't think this year is like last year as far as we it's never been obviously said we always assume due to playstation or sony themselves not having really anything to show off besides their normals when it came to the exclusives um and they i mean they continue to have their halo or sorry uh cod deals and all that stuff don't you steal my Uh, halo (laughs) but they don't i don't think it's this year where they don't have much to talk about obviously it's the opposite they have a lot to talk about xbox Mm -hmm. has a lot to talk about yeah um it my thinking 
is I think they're actually seeing a lot of success via um, state of play. And I know you actually have a different different thought too. Yeah. Um, but my thinking is they've seen a lot of success with state of play, more so than I anticipated. And that's going to be the best way to kind of get their messaging across. Yeah. Um, something that you and I have alluded to is that a lot of times during that console launch, it's not your hey mom let's get this console for the family type thing it's yep. it's like hey daniel you and i are hardcore gamers we're gonna get the next console we want the newest and best thing um so that's where you get your million launch numbers from yep um but uh your thing was actually completely different as far as your thought for them yeah so uh my thing is is i love e3 every year i get excited about e3 like having a week dedicated to games and gamers and i love doing that and on my personal YouTube channel, I've been doing it the last like four years where I do predictions for each uh, each publisher that has their own conference at E3. I love doing that every year because it's so exciting to see what everyone's going to show off. So my thing is, I hope that personally, I hope that this isn't a permanent change for Sony. And hopefully it's just this year they have so much to show that they don't want to necessarily bog down E3 even more because obviously Microsoft's going to be there. And they've already said they're going to have a whole bunch of stuff that they're going to have to talk about for Series X and all their games. Uh, so I just hope in the future we can all uh, still be watching E3 as an event. E3 as a actual convention that you go to has declined over the last three or four years in general uh, anyways. But as an event that you're watching online, like... Microsoft doesn't have a show presence anymore, show floor presence anymore, but they still have their E3 press conference and they're literally like walking distance from the LA Convention Center uh, at the Microsoft Theater is where they do their, uh, their, their event where they let you play the games and everything that they showed off at their press conference. So like, I hope that that doesn't go away just because of how much I love uh, E3 and look forward to it every year. And you can always pigeonhole it like six months, E3, six months later, Game Awards. And it's like this perfect cadence, in my opinion, uh, of just waiting a long period of time to get these big announcements. So, um, yeah, it's certainly an odd time in E3 if like we think it's going to continue. Um, it's going to be like basically the same thing. So I, I don't know what the future holds, honestly, for E3 or how the both of these consoles are going to message everything i honestly think regardless of what happens i believe both will have a very successful launch mm-hmm. um i don't think we're anywhere near anybody's console war coming to an end um I, I mean it's been proven obviously that this is a different console war than the nintendo versus sega because yeah. sony and microsoft actually play nicer than so than nintendo and sega ever did yeah um so I, I, I think that they're both fine with it, and Nintendo being kind of like the little brother in a sense, too. Um, but I, I do think it's interesting how E3 is changing. I mean, maybe they might take a break for a year like they did in the early two... I think it was like 97 to 2001 or something like that, where they didn't have an E3. Maybe like rehash some people getting excited for it or something like that. Mm. I don't know. I can't make that judgment call. Yep. Um, I, I know a lot of stuff, though, is packs always do well. Yep for the most part but a lot of things people like to see like online so i would kind of like that transition too as far as like maybe just doing you still have a press conference you still show the media everything but you just that's all it is is just press conferences yep i agree uh so that ends our news of the week so moving on to games we are playing uh i've been playing donkey Kong. we have a switch week bro yes we this have is a switch yeah. week this is a rarity uh <laughs> donkey kong tropical freeze on switch so i got this uh for christmas and i just started playing it and i actually have been having some fun with it uh i have no i i have i have had some fun with it uh i've i have some problems with it that annoy me like some of the boss battles were getting very frustrating. It is an incredibly difficult platform. Yeah. And let me just preface this with I started the game up uh, where the game told me that it has this other mode, the uh, what is it, the uh, Cranky Kong fun- mode? Funky, or funky, mode. funky mode. Yeah, that makes the game basically easier. 
Uh, and I've been playing on that mode, and I've still gotten frustrated. Imagine so, how it was on the Wii U, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would not want to experience that. So, like, I really like the uh, the uh, overall game. Like, I like the environments. I like a lot of the puzzles and a lot of the, uh, you know, movement between the levels. And I like the timing aspect as well. Like, there's a lot of, uh, like, barrels you go in, and you have to time things perfectly. Uh, I like connect collecting the bananas to get your you know puzzle pieces and stuff like that it's cool to like find uh puzzle pieces that you didn't expect to find them in a certain spot that's really cool uh i like i like the rhino i like the idea of the rhino but i hate the rhino parts (laughs) they drives me insane a lot of the rhino parts piss me off because you jump and then he jumps right into the hole and you're like are you kidding me so yeah, overall I th- I like the game. Uh, it's it's definitely not like I don't love it. Like I'm in love with it, but I I definitely like. It. It's not my favorite platform, and it's not at all my favorite Donkey Kong game. But it was a fun game, incredibly frustrating yeah. game, but yeah. a fun game for it. So I agree with that. Um, and obviously more Halo Reach for you, I'm guessing. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, obviously I didn't put it on here, but yes. <laughs> It goes without saying until the dawn of time, I guess, at this point. Pretty much, until Halo Infinite. Yeah. Um, so I have two. Uh, one's a demo. So I, they have the demo out for an indie game called Ape Out. Mm. Uh, very interesting demo uh, or game uh, where you play it. First off, the the art style is more or less like a super hot mm. uh, art style. You pay from a top-down isometric uh, style, um, and you are basically an ape trying to escape a labyrinth. Uh, with people that were basically experimenting on you in your way, shooting at you and all this stuff. Um, And it was a pretty cool thing because, first off, it's technically 2D gory as hell. Uh, But I liked how you actually moved like an ape as far as, like, you have, like, just those spurts whenever you lunge type thing, like how you see in movies or, like, on shows and stuff. Um, the enemies were actually pretty smart where like you'd peek around a corner mm-hmm. then because you're an ape and so large, it actually kind they would kind of see you go around or they'd go around the other way to try if you were going to try to like basically outsmart them That's and they'd show up there. So I like that. Um, the top down actually gave you a really cool perspective from the doors and the, the shatter glass and all that stuff. Uh, it's not probably I'm going to buy unless there's an e-shop sale, which there still is a giant one going on. Um, but it was a very interesting game. Um, the main game that I want to talk about is Guacamelee 2. Uh, so fun. Uh, I mean, I actually really like it, minus the story better than the original. I still think the story in the first one is, um, really good, but just the comedy aspect. So, it is exactly like Guacamelee, so I'm not gonna say they reinvented the wheel with anything, um... But they do have a couple new power-ups. Uh, you use the chicken mode a lot more, um, and a lot more hilarity ensues because of that, too. Um, the references are just ridiculous. Um, you go to one world, like, it's all about, like, saving the Mexiverse. So you keep going in between the universe of, like, different games. And one of them is you go into this world, and it's just a guy on a essential beach beach park with a brand new ferrari or mustang and he's talking about oh man this is my car i just bought this i'm so excited for it and instantly juan gets super mad at it like street fighter and then you beat up the car and you get like bonus coins for it so it has a street (laughs) fighter reference i don't know if you remember street fighter in between uh bosses or characters that you fought you would beat up a car I've never played a Street Fighter. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, not even four on Xbox? No. Okay. Um, so, it was just hilarious. They also had this level uh, called the Dankiest Universe. And all it was was literal internet comments from people that complained about why they're not going to play Guacamelee 2. And what's so wrong with playing Guacamelee 1? Because th- they had a lot of memes in Guacamelee 1. Yeah. So they took those literal comments, put them in the game, and like actually had you like it was supposed to be the most tor- it was supposed to torture you the whole time. And like finally when you get out, they're like, oh my gosh, you survived that torture. You must be the you must be the chosen one. Oh god. And I'm just like dying laughing playing that. Yeah. I mean, it, it was so much fun. It's a Metroidvania that I want. I'm actually still playing it. Still trying to beat the challenges. A lot more difficult to platforming hmm. um, as far as getting the unlockables. So finding everything is a lot more difficult. Um, you definitely switch between 
uh, living and dead a lot more than you did in the first game. Hmm. And it's used to your advantage and disadvantage with platforming as well, more so. Um, but I could not recommend this game enough. Um, I'd love for you to give it a try. Yeah. Um, especially with really nothing starting for um, till this March. year, till March. Yeah, Ori's our first uh, thing coming up. Um, so I would... I, Does I that love come the... out before Doom? Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, Ori, I think, is the seventh. Because I remember it was coming out the same day as Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, that's, that's um, right. Yeah, so really, really excited that that game. I hope it's honestly something that Drinkbox continues. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the hell out of it, so pick it up if you get a chance. Yeah, cool. Uh, moving on to Game of the Year. So this is our topic of the show. Uh, we've had a lot of discussion about this. Somebody still hasn't played Resident Evil 2 Remake, but, you know. Uh, in my defense, I played Guacamelee 2 that came out in 2019. That's true. All right, I'll give it to you. Uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake. Let's just start there for me. Uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake started the year, and it was absolutely amazing. And I think a lot of people were excited for it, but I don't think anyone had the idea that it was going to be as good as it was. Uh, and... The thing about that game is, is I've never played the original. So, like, I can't compare the original to the new one and say, hey, this is different and this is different. But the thing is, as a standalone game that I've never played before, it was absolutely incredible. It felt like a game that was made in 2019, even though it was a remake of a beloved original game. Uh, everything about that game uh, just was... The, essentially, it was the earliest Metroidvania-type game uh, that's that you experience in, you know, third-person perspective as opposed to, you know, whatever you do in Metroid. I've never played Metroid, so I don't even know. You're but, wrong on that, but okay. I'll go with what? you. <laughs> that, that's the earliest game you played as Metroid? That's not a Metroidvania. For, no, no, no. I mean, like, if I was... Sorry, I worded that poorly. If I was to play Resident Evil 2 back in the day, that probably would have been the first game that would have been like a Metroidvania that I would have experienced, I guess is the, what I was going for there. But, yes, I, I know there was, the was downfall plenty of... You don't get power-ups in Resident Evil 2, you just yeah, have puzzle keys, pieces. Yeah, keys, puzzles, yes. And Metroidvania is more or less just grab yeah, by power-ups. True, that's But that's I get what true. you're... I get the it has that idea. Down. I get yes. the route you're going down. Uh, and I, I actually hated some of the uh, doors that you had to unlock in Resident Evil 7. Yeah, 7. Some of the uh, puzzle puzzles in Resident Evil 7 I really did not like. Uh, overall, I liked Resident Evil 7, but uh, I, some of those things really annoyed me. Resident Evil 2, I never got that impression, and I never felt like I was uh, lost, so to speak. Like, the one thing I can point to is when you go into the police department, uh, like, storage area, and I'm looking at this keypad that has buttons missing on it, and I'm like, like, how do I open these lockers? These buttons are missing. And then I walk down the line and I realize I can open one locker. So I press the, the buttons that are there and I open that one locker, get the stuff that's inside. And I'm like, how do I get the rest of this? And I'm like, oh, I have to get the rest of these buttons. So like stuff like that is just super cool. And Resident Evil 2 Remake is definitely one of my games of the year, but not the game of the year. Uh, so I don't know. Do you want to go back and forth or do you want? I thought it was actually kind of good the way that we're like, maybe talk about all of them in, um, release date. Okay. And then at the end of it, say what our personal game of the year was yeah. for everything. That works. Um, so the next game that came out kind of chronologically was apex legends. Yeah. Um, now I think maybe actually apex is a little bit before, but it had a stumbling block the first like week. Yep. Um, but obviously this is the game I couldn't get enough of, uh, constantly kept playing, um, it proved yet again that Respawn can do anything with first-person shooters and make it excellent. Oh, yeah. Um, they really changed the game when it came to Battle Royales and how they're thought of, especially this team perspective of uh, three squad mates. Um, they consistently keep supporting this game. Mm -hmm. The characters um, are pretty original with their powers for the most part. Oh, yeah. Um, they're very identifiable. You know who you like. I'm a Pathfinder guy. Like, that's that's my guy. I love zipping around. Yeah. Um, and it's just the map while it was only one for the first like seven months, it was a giant map because of verticality. Like I know there was comparisons with the Fortnite map and I guess they kind of did a weird thing where they actually compared them and it was bigger just because of the area that you could go with, um, being on King's Canyon and everything. So 
just a fun game. Um, you had uh, like Lifeline, uh, Bloodhound, Bangalore, all of them. I know their season four comes out here in a little bit. Uh, I think next month. Um, so just a really fun game. Just solidifying more and more respawn. Um, honestly, I mean, that was their first banger of the year. Yeah. Um, and it's continued to do very well for them. I'm actually looking forward to getting back in season four. I told myself I'm not playing season three at all, regardless of like the stuff that comes out. I just needed a break from that game. Uh, but to be fair, Lifeline was the correct answer. You said the wrong thing. So mm. I tried. I liked Lifeline at first <laughs> yeah. because of how important health was, but then shields became more and more a thing. Yeah. And then getting away from firefights was such a big thing for us. So like whenever we were up top somewhere, I'd lay down a line and then we'd go down and then jump back up. That way we were away from everything as fast as we could. I just liked making everyone give me my, their ultimate accelerants and then I hoard the package to myself. uh moving on uh in order of release date i guess would be control that would be the next one um i think so unless you have something the only thing i'm uh not sure of is gears that was later okay cool yeah so control was the next one that came out it came out in august uh absolutely amazing game we both agree on this one uh it's absolutely incredible every aspect of it like when you get all of your powers, you feel very powerful. And like like I said, that was my most fun uh, part of the game is when you have all of your powers finally and you get to use all of them. Like it's just such an amazing experience that I don't feel like uh, Remedy gets enough credit for. I know they won Game of the Year, but or they At won IGN. IGN's Game yeah. of the Year, but uh, I, I feel like they don't necessarily get the credit that they deserve. They've Not made, commercially, unfortunately. Right, and they've made such great games like Alan Wake. Quantum Break was very underrated, in my opinion. Uh, like, they've made very good games. They just haven't necessarily hit that, like, one out of the park commercially. Uh, and I thought this was, honestly, like, maybe the, the story can seem a little confusing at first with how it's told. I actually really enjoyed how it was told in that sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm too much in the Westworld Witcher vibe type thing. Um, but it just how everything was, how, um, oh my gosh, I can't, I played so many hours and now I can't think of the main character's name. Um... Ah, oh, crap. But anyways, her. Yeah, I can't either. <laughs> I know, I'm Is trying it, to think of it. Uh, it's not Hope or no? I kept thinking it was like Laura or something like that. Uh, Man, this is awful. How do we not remember that? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm like thinking. Like, I played oh, so long. Jesse. Jesse, Jesus. Um, but everything uh, with it, like finding out, like, I guess the biggest surprise to me, and I talked about this a few weeks ago when I actually finally played it, was you're in an office building the whole game. Like, mm. not a lie. That, that is what it is. Yeah. But yet, it felt so different in all these areas that it did not ever feel like it, it like, hurt it the game itself. Yeah. I mean, it was just such a awesome experience. I mean, the powers, you truly felt very powerful. Um, the only having one gun thing was actually something that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't believe that, uh, like, I thought it was going to kind of be a hindrance. Like, okay, I only have this one thing. But it actually really helped me because for the most part i used more of my powers than i did my guns my guns were just to set me up my powers are what really helped me out Mm -hmm. um i i really hope this gets a sequel it's set up perfectly for a sequel um obviously it's tying alan wake into probably the dlc uh with everything which made sense too with how the story was constructed uh but yeah this i i wish i actually played it sooner during the release to be part of that conversation um but i i love that game agreed uh, so the next one is actually Gears 5, Gears 5 okay. what you just asked about. Uh, Gears 5, to me, felt like um, the story was so impactful and very surprising. Gears 4 laid the groundwork for these new characters and their new interactions with JD and Kate and Dell. And I really felt like uh, Gears 4 made you care about those new characters. And they didn't just, uh, you know, introduce these new characters and say, hey, here's some new characters. They went full-fledged like uh, Star Wars, uh, the new trilogy ha- has done with Rey and Finn and all the and Poe and all the new characters like them. They introduced them with the established characters like Marcus and like Baird and all of the original cast that you remember. And that that's such a smart way to transition to a new generation. In Gears 5 
really takes what you did in Gears 4 and makes you make some very difficult decisions. There's a there's a decision that you have to make at the end of the game that will impact Gears or Gear 6. Uh, and it was it was something that I wrestled with. I sat there for like a solid 30 seconds looking at the screen like what am I going to do here? Like it was very impactful as far as the future of the series and it'll be interesting to see how they take the actions like if they're going to do like a mass effect approach where your decisions uh will you know go into gear six or if they choose one of the situations and then make that canon so to speak but, yeah i remember infamous obviously did that with yeah. you actually having you had to have the good ending in the first exactly. game for it to continue on more or less exactly uh so that, i mean essentially that's that's what i loved about gears 5 so and that was the only xbox exclusive that came out right this this past year i believe so yeah because no one yeah. wants to remember crackdown 3 no yeah <laughs> um so the next game that we have is borderlands 3 um and surprisingly you got on this train too mostly just i say surprisingly because of your hate for the ceo yeah. um but i thought this was a very competent and well-made sequel yeah um the story wasn't as memorable or anything like that as borderlands 2 yeah. but obviously i became addicted to this game i put a solid three days worth of game time in uh this game uh, i still haven't gotten back to the dlc but i really do want to chris just texted me the other day saying he beat it and it was a lot of fun um but i i love that it was honestly more the same and a lot of times you don't like that in the sequel. Yeah. I get that, but Borderlands is what it is, and it knows what it is too. It's just it is more or less the first person Diablo that Absolutely. is a shooter. Um, Diablo doesn't really need to reinvent the wheel for the most part either. You just keep going back, trying to get better loot, cooler guns, and everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I just I really thought that that was like a really cool thing to do um, as far as like to kind of go back into that world. You had actually characters from Telltale Borderlands, uh, or uh, Tales from the Borderlands itself, but Telltale's version. So I thought that was a really sweet kind of throwback to it, because yep. you actually even mentioned that to me, and I didn't even realize it. It was, it was like, oh, Reese, yeah, that's yeah. right, I forgot. It was essentially like, it was almost like a Avengers Endgame uh, level of Borderlands, yeah. because it was like every every character that's ever been in yep. Borderlands is all together. Yeah, it was just a culmination. It was, it was kind of a sweet way to wrap up the story in that sense. Do I know? I don't know if we'll get another one. I know it's super successful, so I would assume we are. I know Randy Pitchford loves money, and I know yeah. he's going to exploit the crap out exactly. of it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm excited for what the DLC holds for this year. Yeah. Um, definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I, I say keep doing what you're doing with that. I could care less if it's honestly more of the same again. It's just so nice to have that little... It was almost like a stress reliever. Like It's not something I'm going in to listen to. Like you're just talking about how impactful Gears' story was to you this time around. Mm -hmm. um, so it's nice that like I just played a similar game as far as a shooter game where I could care less about the story. Oh, yeah. I just liked having fun. The co-op worked very well, too. Especially this time around, having uh, three friends play instead of it was just me and Chris because our friend Emily played with us. Knew she never played a single Borderlands game. It was wow. very easy to jump in for her. And it was just so much fun just trying to survive, more or less. I'm curious. Did she like it, like, not knowing, like, the characters and having attachments yeah. to the characters? She yeah. Because she went into the same notions, too, because it's kind of what Chris and I prepared her for. Is like, there's a story going on. I couldn't tell you what the story is going on. I don't really care. There's going to be some funny jokes thrown in there. But you're really just in it for, like, she's like us as far as, like, okay, better gun. I want that better gun. Yeah. Or, hey, I see something more. I'm going to buy that type of thing. Like, it's just, it's that addicting thing where you're not actually spending real money. You're spending the game currency. Yep. Um, and you just want the next better and better thing. Yep. Um, and the fact that they went wild with the guns. Like, I, I finally did get that gun that shot other guns. Yeah. Um, so Which the, is bonkers. Yeah. So it's like just really cool like how much detail went into that game. So I think the next one is uh, actually Outer Worlds. Yes. So Outer Worlds, this game captured my attention from the beginning. So I was extremely excited when Microsoft uh, acquired Obsidian just because of what they did with South Park, The Sick of Truth, and with Fallout New Vegas. Like those two games alone just make me all in on Obsidian. I love those two games. 
uh, they are really masters at the RPG. And Outer Worlds is literally the perfect me me uh, mix-up of like Mass Effect and uh, mainly Fallout New Vegas. Uh, and it really makes you feel like you're playing a great Fallout game again. Especially after Fallout 76 came out last year and Bethesda basically slapped Fallout fans in the face. Continue to slap them in the face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Saying, oh, hey, this is a Fallout game. You may not want this but we're gonna give it to you here it is and it's an online survival game it's like this isn't fallout this isn't what people want from fallout so for obsidian to deliver something that is so fallout-esque like i think this hit on so many levels for me because i missed fallout so much and fallout 4 for me personally wasn't as good as fallout 3 in new vegas so like I was waiting for something that would scratch that itch, and Outer Worlds absolutely delivered on all levels on that front. So, I wish it was a game that I could get into, and I know technically we skipped two games as far as Sekiro and Devil May Cry 5. I really yeah. did enjoy the time I had with those games. I didn't give them enough fair shake, I think, in the end. Because yeah. um, I actually, obviously, Sekiro won Game of the Year right. at the Game Awards. Um, but just like this, there are certain games that are going to grab you and hold you. Maybe you're just in the mood for something different at that time. Yeah. You might want to get back to it. You might not. I mean, obviously, recently, I've been just addicted to my Metroidvanias. I mean, there was Ori. Yes. Uh, I played Hollow Knight again. The last two Guacamelees. So it's just, it's what you're feeling at that point. You Absolutely. were craving this type of RPG. Yes. And so, luckily, that's something that you actually got. Yeah. Games so. games are very much like whatever you're feeling in the moment. Like, I could have a day where I really want to play a story-based game, and I could have a day where I just want to sit down and mindlessly play something. Mm -hmm. Like, um, The next one that I have for us is uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. Ooh. came out on Halloween of the uh, last year. Um, so... We went into great detail. We both played this and beat this. Uh, we both had our challenge with uh, two bosses. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. But uh, Chris actually, he did not have a challenge with yours. He had a challenge with mine. Oh, really? Yep. His. So you're the one that can get that one. But Somehow. you couldn't get the Egyptian one. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so I love that it was more or less, it was a much more expanded Luigi's Mansion than the last two. A lot longer, too. I mean, it was actually a pretty long game. Yes. Uh, about 15 hours, 20 hours for me if you wanted to collect everything. Right. Um, I, I love the cuteness of just all the characters together. I mean, Mar Mario's always, even in a spooky-ish game, it's still going to make you feel like a very family-friendly oriented. Yep. Um, I like the new power-ups. Maybe the, some of the times the suctions weren't as intuitive to control. Um, oh, I see what you did there. Control. Yeah. <laughs> it, which is another game that has a lot of elevators. Yeah. What th that's the thing that's so good about Luigi's Mansion. It has like so many floors, but every floor feels different. It does, yeah, yeah. It's it's insane that obviously they it's a Mario game so you can take any liberties, but yeah. you weren't really in the same spot. The bosses were for the most part pretty different too, mm -hmm. especially with the strategy you had to go to actually attack them. Um there were some areas that kind of got a little tricky. You had to figure out okay how i want to do this puzzle or how can i do this puzzle um but overall probably the best luigi's mansion in my mind yeah. um I've, i have a feeling it's probably going to be solidified with a lot of other people's too um and i i honestly wish that there were going to be some sort of dlc i doubt there is for this game yeah um but i'm hopeful that we won't have to wait another like 10 years for a luigi's mansion 4 agreed so really good game yes absolutely uh, i mean we could both talk about this last one yep. since we know uh so the last one we have on there is uh star wars jedi fallen order um so we actually just talked about this today um can't kind of start stop singing uh respawns praises when it comes to this stuff i mean now they're an expert and uh first person shooters yep. and now they know how to make a third person action game yep. um this game really made you feel like a jedi uh with a story that you cared about maybe not so much cal kestis but the rest of the characters um i know you had some issues with the combat but i personally just love the combat i love the feel that it gave me with everything um it was a beautiful game uh pretty good length 
Yeah. Um, a major spoiler that unfortunately got ruined for everybody thanks to commercials. Yeah. Uh, but a that very... That was a very cool moment. It was an amazing moment, yeah. I'm glad you and I did not have that spoiled yep. uh, for us. But yeah, this was this was such a fun game to have, especially at the end of the year. Absolutely. Uh, for everything. And, and the Force powers and the lightsabers, everything felt perfect and authentic. And it felt very much like... It almost felt like, like a spiritual successor to uh, the Force Unleashed games, Except with what a better for, story. What better Force Unleashed could have been. Yes, yes. essentially. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I can't say enough about what Respawn has done. I, obviously, we've sung their praises a ton. My favorite um, music of the year. Yeah. Uh, there's a, for, obviously, I love Star Wars music, right. but my favorite soundtrack of the entire year. Yeah. Um, just it, amazing. So, can we just agree that 2019 was the year of Respawn? Pretty much. I mean, yeah. <laughs> in that sense, yeah. yeah. So those those are essentially ten um, that we kind of came together for. So out of all those, Daniel, do you have a pick for game of the year? Yes, I do. Okay. And I spoiled it two weeks ago. If anyone was listening, yeah, but uh, yes, Outer Worlds is my game of the year. Uh, obviously, for all the reasons I stated, uh, perfect game at the perfect time, and I I cannot wait to see Obsidian make a sequel to that game. Like they laid a perfect base for that. And it's obviously probably going to be a a Microsoft exclusive, so Xbox and PC. More likely, yeah. But I'm just very excited for the future of that franchise, and I can't wait to play more. So so for mine, it has gone... Star Wars, right? Back and forth. I have been very much debating this. um, But honestly, since I got my hands on it, I I could not stop playing it and could not stop singing its praises. Uh, Control. Um, So I agree with IGN's take on that sense. Um, I fell in love with that game. I really liked Jesse as a character. Um, I just liked everything that Remedy did. They really kind of took me by surprise with how they went at this game. Um, It was just a one of a kind experience, in my opinion. It just it it felt so natural to control her in psychic opportunities or psionic opportunities uh, with everything that she's able to do. And I thought it was so well written characters i actually kind of cared for um there's still so much post-game stuff that i've been trying to get to when i can but it's a very difficult to do yeah um dlc's coming out too but i um, i really for some people oh yeah but uh this game was awesome to have yeah absolutely so i completely agree with that and i hope that uh i hope that remedy continues to get support from publishers and they can build whatever the yeah. heck they want because they've made great games yeah i hope i honestly if i'm being real with you i just want them bought by somebody now because i, I it scares me that like yeah control did not do commercially well to and where quant- the point everyone keeps talking about it and quantum break didn't do that yeah. well either and so i just i don't want that team to go away i want them to keep making games yep. so if sony or microsoft i don't care yep. somebody buy them so they can stay open Agreed. <laughs> i mean we'd even take ea buying them <laughs> okay <wouldn't> do that. <laughs> they'll just buy them to shut them down and say yeah. hey don't make another one yeah Alright guys, uh, that's the end of our show. Uh, Appreciate you guys sticking with us uh, through the end of the year. That's our Game of the Year show. Uh, Remember, you can join us each and every Wednesday at 8pm Eastern on YouTube. Uh, Follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook at PodcastPXN. Uh, And I believe that wraps it up for the 2019 stuff. We'll only be talking about 2020 from here on out. I can't reference anything that I've ever done before. Never, never again. So Halo Master Chief doesn't exist. Uh, Maybe not that. (laughs) So much love and keep on gaming. Deuces.